Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today as we continue our walk, our journey through the strange Paradiso. So yesterday when I left off, I told you that I was going to share a, um, a recent experience that I had. Okay, once again, I am inside. I, you know, I really don't like talking about these things that happen to me, especially when they happen in this house. But I'm going to go ahead and share it with you anyhow, okay? So it was not late. It was probably, it was before midnight. So I had just finished reading and I was um, setting my tablet aside and I heard this knocking sound. Well, I really didn't pay too much attention to it because we've got dogs. We have two of them. So for a moment, I just said to myself, well, those are just the dogs until I remembered that I put them in the garage because it's been getting cold at night and in the early morning. So I put them in the garage. So I just kind of like, I was kind of like a little bit propped up, you know, because I had been reading. So I just kind of sat there and listened, okay? And then it didn't happen again. So I figured, I mean, we are in a neighborhood, so who knows? But then it started again. And the thing about this is that there was a pattern. So, I mean, it wasn't raining. And even if it would have been raining or water dripping, I mean, this had a definite pattern. Kind of like if someone's knocking on your door, you know, you get some people who do these uh, knocks on the door, like, you know, and stuff like that. My dad used to have this knock where he just kind of like rolled his knuckles like on the door somehow. Like, I can't do it like he does. But um, we always knew who it was because of his knock. So this knocking sound had a definite, like, rhythm to it. So I just didn't pay any attention, and I moved my pillows out of the way, and then I lay down. So I heard it every so often, and from the side of my bed, okay, where my side is, I can look right out the window and partially, you know, see part of the backyard. There's another window that I would have to like sit up to take a look out of. But um, I didn't see any movement out there. So anyhow, I just went ahead and just didn't pay attention and um, went to sleep. Now in the morning, when I was talking to my husband, I told him what happened. I said there was a knocking sound that had a rhythm to it. And I don't know where it was coming from. And he just said, well, you know, maybe the neighbors and this and that. The only thing is, is that this sound was coming from like maybe a part of the side of the house there that I can't see what's on the other side, you know, by the window. But I, I told him, 
I heard it, it was a pattern, and then I don't know what, what else happened with that, okay? So anyhow, later on, okay, I went on to work, and then when I came home, and it was in the evening again, so it's the following day. It's in the evening, and my nightstand is also right there by those two windows where I heard that sound. So I was opening the drawers to my nightstand because I was looking for something, you know, some article of clothing or whatever. And I heard that knocking and it was right by me. It was coming from the wall by my nightstand that was right by the right side of like my my head. So I wanted to look so bad, but all I would have seen was the wall. That it was getting dark, but it was not dark enough so that I couldn't see outside. And I was just thinking, okay, this is what I call an attention getter. It got my attention, but I did not acknowledge it. What is going on here? I don't know. But I will tell you that for the past few months, I have felt a type of a spiritual attack ever since the, the first incident with my friend, who now I'm beginning to wonder after all these years if she's really my friend. You know, we spoke about this before. So I believe, and I've, I know I said this before, I know you guys have heard this before, that she has an attachment and that when she came over, that is what got the whole thing going. Now, there was a clearing done, but, you know, there are still like um, residues or residual type of things that can happen once in a while. This thing was not on the inside. This thing was on the outside of the house. Okay, so me knowing all of this, me realizing that this um, started when she came over, there were so many things that happened between the two times she came over. Once was like when we um, actually did the show together. And then she came over on Christmas Eve. And ever since then, what was that? Like November into now January, I can feel a spirit will attack. It's not bad now, but I can still tell that there is something going on with all of this. Because it's not only, you know, when I say attack, I'm not only talking about physically. I mean, physically is like the, you know, people talk about uh, close encounters and how there's like all these, the first kind and the second. Well, the spiritual, the physical attack is like the fifth kind. That is 
when it is very, very, um, I mean, when other things are going on as well, okay? So this has been more like a um, type of, I'm, I'm being fucked with type of thing. So it's kind of uh, just very, very annoying, very annoying. All right, so the funny thing is now yesterday, later on in the evening, I had a voicemail from one of my other friends who lives down the street from me. And uh, in her voicemail, she's telling me that her sister-in-law is completely out of character and has called her accused her of countless things, called my friend's daughter, and also called the police on my friend. Now, this is her sister-in-law who's doing all of this. So I called her back and I said, well, what, what is going on? And she said, you know what? I am under a satanic attack. And it's being brought on by my sister-in-law. And then she went on to say that it's also hurt her feelings so bad. She said, I've known her since she was a little girl. And we used to take her here and there. And we were very close. And now she called me up accusing me of like being mean to her husband who has you know, the sister-in-law's brother, and all of this other stuff. And she's like, where is this coming from? What are you even talking about? She said then, her sister-in-law called her daughter, called my friend's daughter, and started saying, oh, the reason that we never got to get to know you is because there's something wrong with your mother, and she has kept you from us, and we're now very concerned about your dad because we believe that your mother needs mental help and she's probably abusing your dad and all this stuff. And so her daughter told her about this phone call and said the same thing. What is happening? This is just chaotic. Bringing their family into like a frenzy. So her daughter asked her aunt, okay, why did you call the police on my mother? Like, what are you doing? What What is wrong? And then the aunt went on to tell her, well, I believe that your dad could be in danger and blah, blah, blah. And her daughter said, you know what? You did that out of malicious intent. You've never wanted to know me. If you would have wanted to know me, you could have come over any time. My mother and and my dad have been inviting you and my uncle and my cousins to come over, but you never do. So remember, we discussed about how certain things will affect the weakest people, okay, in in the bunch, in the group, 
whatever you want to call it. Well, when I'm saying this, I'm not talking about physically weak. I'm not talking about, oh, well, there was this uh, big, strong, badass guy who's also a bodybuilder and can bench all these pounds and he was attacked and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not talking about weak like that. I'm talking about spiritually, number one, which leads to mentally, okay? So that is what I mean by the weakest person. Not how strong your body is, but maybe how, if you don't have faith, okay, if you... um are weak-minded, and certain other things like this. It's difficult to tell, all right? It's not like I can just point people out who are weak-minded. There are certain things that people do and do not do that I could tell you. Okay, this is the person that I believe is the weak link in the group and so on. But looking at people just having a everyday, general, benign conversation with someone is not going to tell you. So I cannot just point people out. And sometimes we really don't know until certain things happen. So until we are put to the test, okay, we really don't know a lot of times ourselves. There are certain situations where I am very aware it is not my forte that I would be a weak person in certain situations. Yes. I mean, I do not try to fool myself. Remember, I said this before. I am not that person who, um, when it comes to, like, if somebody has been injured and wounded I am not a good person. I mean, I'm not the one that you want around if you need some kind of medical help. I am I'm I don't try to fool myself or anyone else. I'm the person who will run for help, okay? But just the sight of an injured person, even an animal, I am no good in that situation. So, we all have our weaknesses. It is when the spirit, when our spirit is weak. That's what I mean by the weakest person. So we discussed it a little further. And I told her, well, I don't know what the catalyst was for her just flipping out like that. I mean, between the two of us, we discussed it. We have discussed many things, and we have a good idea of why this has happened. Just like we have a good idea about certain things that have taken place with my friend, okay? What maybe uh, opened those doors for her to change and uh, do certain things because she is like, well, what about your friend? Like, my gosh, that's the one who moved to the East Coast and then moved back, right? And you guys are very close. I said, yes. But, and people change. I get it. 
But when she came back, there was something. And it's not how she looked. I mean, the woman was gone for 11 years and she looked the same, okay? Even when my family saw her at Christmas time, they were like, my gosh, she looks the same. But it's something else. It's like there is something else in there. And I'm not saying that I can see it, but I can sense it. I still have not um, been able to meet up with her because now of my schedule, because of my husband's schedule, because um, now we only have like one day off together to be able to do anything really. So it makes it very, very difficult. Because there are some subjects that I want to present to her and talk to her about, but I have not been able to. And I'm going to confront this entire situation whenever I can have a meetup with her. Oh, yes, yes, I am. One of the reasons is not because I'm angry at her. It's because she's like my sister, okay? And I feel that I have got to tell her. I'm compelled to tell her because she needs help. If she doesn't get it, I'm going to tell you guys something, okay? You may think that I'm going off a little, you know, on the deep end, whatever, but I don't know how long she's going to be able to carry on. Truly, I really do not know. Remember, I told you guys that I contacted her a couple weeks ago and I asked her, are you okay? Because I could feel that she wasn't. And when I get those type of feelings, they're never wrong. So, I mean, if um, I don't see myself being able to have a meetup with her for maybe, I don't know, five more weeks or something like that. And um, I'm hoping that I will be able to talk to her before anything that cannot be undone happens. And um, that's, that's all I can say about this. And as far as my friend's sister-in-law... There is a common denominator between her sister-in-law and my friend. There is. So, just because of that, though, I can't point my finger and for 100% say that this is what's causing all of this stuff. Although I believe that it's playing a part. It's playing a part in this. So I'll just have to wait and see. But, um, you know, when I was talking to my my friend, I told her, now you and I, okay, we're just two regular people. And look at we what we've already encountered. Just, just the two of us, you know. So that tells me that there is so much more out there that's happening. And we know this also because of 
some of the things that we are seeing on local news channels and so on. This crazy, out-of-the-ordinary behavior and that people are exhibiting. I mean, it's like every day. You can say, well, you know, it's always been like, no, now it's different. The things that are happening, because they're so blatant about it, it's different, okay? Okay, and sorry, guys, um, someone contacted me about, I was going to say something yesterday about the flag when I was talking about the moon landing. Okay, well, this is what happened. I just went off on my little tangent, and I forgot about... um, what I was going to say about the flag, okay? Now, this is just me, because I am not a scientist. This is just the way I see things, all right? But during the moon landing in 1969, and they're out there jumping around like they're weightless, we're supposed to believe that there's absolutely no gravity in that atmosphere on the moon when... um, They were there, and I keep going back to 1969 because that's so long ago, and it's just very difficult for me to believe this happened in 69. But anyhow, so in my opinion, if there is no gravity, or now they're saying, well, there's some gravity, but it's not enough to you know, hold people down firmly like it is here on the earth and all this. So now they're starting to like change the tune a little bit also. But, um, okay, you've got these big astronauts there wearing these weighted suits, all right? But they're still jumping around and coming back down to the ground like in slow motion because of the lack of gravity. So if that's the case, When they planted that American flag there, why was it not, like, upwards? It was facing, like, you know, straight ahead. So, with that little gravitational pull, why was that flag not pointing upwards? Because there had to be something there to hold the flag straight out so it's at a whatever degree angle I don't know what that is a 90 degree angle I don't know so why wasn't the flag pointing upwards I mean it's a piece of whatever the heck it was oh but you know if you press people they'll say oh well it's a probably a piece of cardboard well I don't care I don't care if it was a piece of cardboard because why were those astronauts in weighted suits still out there jumping around like they were in slow motion? And, okay, why were they even able to plant a flag in the soil there? Okay? It's just... They left too many loose ends behind, in my opinion, for critical thinkers to believe this story. You know, there's always going to be people who are like, well, then why not this and why not that and blah, blah, blah. So also, 
when that rocket or whatever it was, the Apollo whatever number, landed there on the moon. Now, you have to remember, there's a lot of thrust, okay, in these rockets. They, there's a lot going on there. Well, that's going to blow dirt around and dust and everything else. So, why didn't it take, like, days for that dust to diminish where they could even see what they were doing with a lack of gravity? Just the fact that it landed there without disturbing anything around it, come on. So, that's what I was going to say about the flag. And I was wondering that since I was probably about eight years old, you know, seeing things about it in your history books at school and all this stuff. I was thinking, well, how come that flag isn't pointing straight up then? But, you know, if you ask a question like that, they're going to try to make you be quiet. So, and then they're going to say things like, oh, well, there's some gravity, but it's just, it's just not enough. It's not a, enough like what we have here on Earth. Yeah, right, okay. What a bunch of hoo-ha. But that's what I was going to say. Okay, now the other thing that I wanted to share with you is, and we have spoken about um, these things before, and it is the subject of generational curses. We were talking about this earlier. I was actually talking with Victoria Kennedy because um, there is something that went on recently and she was just telling me about it. I don't know who the people are. You know, everyone's identity is kept secret. She doesn't go and um, talk about their identities and things like this. But she, we were just talking about certain things and she said that um, she applauded this one woman who... Um, I guess her daughter had been having some issues. She had been like hearing things and like seeing things, you know, like we see maybe shadow people and things like that. And sometimes we hear things like that staticky, those staticky voices that I have heard and other things before and stuff like that. This girl is young, I believe she's like, um, I don't even think she's in high school yet. But anyways, what the mother did was because she took her to the doctor and then um, they took her to like probably a psychiatrist or psychology, whatever. But I think it's psychiatrist because they wanted to put her on meds. They started saying that she was exhibiting signs of schizophrenia and uh, so on. So the mother contacted Victoria because she wanted to get like um, a second opinion, okay? Like an option to, is there anything else that might cause something like this to happen? Which of course, of course, a lot, okay? Like so many people have these experiences and they are not mentally ill. They do not have schizophrenia um, or anything like that. Paranoia, nothing like that. 
what is happening to many people is spiritual. There is something going on. So she went to go and check it out, talk to the girl, investigate, and so on. And when she was there, she heard a voice. Now, this is Victoria. She said, I was there. I was at the house. And when she was there, she records the conversation and so on. Okay. And she played it for me. She said, you're going to hear me. I'm the first voice. And the voice after me, she said, I don't know who it was because it was no one who was there in the room with me. They were all there in that room, but no one else made a sound. So she played it for me and you can hear it plain as day, plain as day. And I said that, okay, that second voice, that is very detailed. You cannot mistake it. It was almost like a sigh because Victoria, you know how you like, huh? Well, that's what Victoria did because they, they were, you know, discussing things and then she was writing things down or what have you. And then she did that. And then this other voice you can hear does like the same thing. So what ends up happening is what she gets from all of this is this girl does not need to be put on meds. She said, this is only my opinion because I'm not a doctor. But I do not believe that she needs to be put on meds. I believe that she is having, like, she's actually hearing things. And this is like spiritual. What's happening here? Now, I want to go back, okay, because we have spoke about, um, I'll get to the generational curses right now, but we have spoke about things like this before. And what I told her is, my own belief is that there have been many, many, who knows, thousands, okay, of people over the years who have been misdiagnosed and who have been put on medications, which works um, in a negative fashion on many of these people. It turns them into zombies. It turns them into something else. It pretty much can ruin people's lives and so on, all right, with these medications. And it also can um, alter them to the point that it causes them to act out in a way that is dangerous to the person as well as to society. I mean, this has been going on for I don't know how long. The thing about this is that people just don't wake up one day and they're schizo. People don't just wake up one day and they're paranoid. Some of these things can and have been caused by drug abuse, okay? But when we're talking about like younger people and things like this, Many of these type of cases have been caused by trauma. 
multiple personality disorder has been caused by trauma as well as I'm going to go out on a limb here and say maybe a certain medications have injured people to the point of causing certain um, mental issues, okay? There were some documentaries that came out. These are very old documentaries, and there's one about this girl who, um, as she got older, well, it happened when she was a child, but um, she developed MPD, okay? But going back to her childhood and things like this, she was mentally and verbally abused by her mother. So she developed many different personalities. Now, as a defense mechanism. And it's not something that people intend on doing. It's something that your mind will do, depending on how traumatized you are. It'll like splinter and shatter into different compartments and it'll create different personalities that deal with certain things. It is a strange phenomenon, but it is also a type of defense mechanism for I know it sounds like, how could that be a defense? But it is. That's where it stems from. So that's why. People don't just wake up and, oh, now today they're schizo, paranoid, MPD, this and that. No. There is a catalyst. Trauma, drug abuse, um, torture, people who are tortured. But that is part of trauma. Abuse which is part of trauma. See, so that one side will shut down. Like that person that you really are, you will shut down and another personality will emerge. And that personality was created to be able to, able to deal with whatever is happening at the moment. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's really not strange It's interesting, though, the way that your mind and even your body and things like that will react to certain things. So, yes, I believe sincerely that these people through the years, many people have been misdiagnosed, put on meds, and ruined. You know, and then you talk about some of the homeless people, some of the houseless people and certain things like this and how they also are like out of their minds and so on. A lot of these people, I believe, have been traumatized. A lot have been abused. A lot have abused drugs. A lot have, um, I mean, there are many different issues that we've got here when we talk about some of the homeless people or the houseless, whatever you like to call them. There are many different reasons why they may be 
out of their minds. I have heard some people say that one of the reasons that so many houseless people are into drugs is because when there are many out there who have degrees, okay? It's not just like the lowest of the low who are out there without a place to live. It's people who have fallen on hard times, people who can't get help. They lost their job. They got laid off. Maybe they were taken advantage of by a spouse, by siblings, by who knows, left without a penny, and there's nowhere for them to go. And some of these people, the only way that they can deal with being out there is, all right, they were not druggies when they began. That came later. Because now they're out there. And a lot of them become hopeless. So what else is there? They figure, okay, well, I have to be able to maybe be awake and watch my things. Make sure somebody doesn't come and try to kill me and take my shoes. Who knows what they go through out there? So they get into speed, okay? Meth, things like this. So... There are also with them many different reasons. I, I um, don't believe that everyone who is out there without a place to live is out there because of addiction. But perhaps they fell on hard times and then once they were out there for so long, just to be able to deal with their predicament led to doing certain things. Okay, now we're going to get into a little bit of generational curses. We've known about this for a very long time. I believe that um, many families have something that is in the bloodline. And all it takes is for someone to make a deal back who knows how many generations ago, and that does not go away. It's like a stamp. That is on every single person in that bloodline. And you'll notice certain families, they all have some of the same things happen to them. They're all addicted. They're all, uh, you see the common thread, okay, that runs through. Not every family, but many of them. I know some of them. As a matter of fact, I'm part of one of them. It wasn't until quite recently that um, I freed myself. Well, I didn't free myself, but I I, um, went and took care of that as well as for the rest of my family. All I'm telling you, and I, once again, I don't like to point fingers because I don't know for sure, but I just have a feeling that my, it could have gone back further than this, but the only one that I can think of, and um, she's passed away now, but my, my one of my grandmothers, she wanted to um, keep my grandfather, and I believe that she started um, doing some things that she shouldn't have and she opened up a 
Gateway, and everyone else since then paid for what she did with her involvement. And uh, I don't know what kind of deal she made, but I, I, and if I'm wrong, I hope that I'm forgiven, but, um, or I ask for forgiveness, but I just have a feeling, guys. I, once again, I don't try to fool myself. So I know people who everyone in their family is um, uh, the same. They have the same illnesses. I mean, the very same things. They even start to look the very same. It's not just slightly or kind of like, you know, their mother or grandma. No, it is exact. Exactly. So you you think to yourself, how is this allowed to happen? Right? Because... If my grandmother or my great-grandmother or some relative from a long time ago made a deal, what does that have to do with me? Why should I have to suffer for it? Why should I have to pay for it? Because it's in the bloodline. It's a, like a marker. When it comes to the blood, okay, I mean, we're talking about some serious stuff here. And I remember also, I used to hear, and I still do, when we talk about like mainstream, um, okay, Western medicine, let's just say, and certain things are genetic. Okay, well, maybe certain things are like the color of your hair, the color of your eyes, so on. But um, other things like people all having maybe gout, something like that. Well, that's because... Families usually all eat dinner together. They all eat the same foods and maybe um, all become deficient in something because they all eat the same foods. If you stepped away from the family table, went on your own and ate differently than them, you're not going to have gout or you're not going to have rickets or scurvy, whatever the heck. See, so even when I was really young, I used to think to myself, no, you know what? I just I just can't believe that because we are all individual. Yeah, we're related, but we're individual. We're not exactly the same. So I I always had a difficult time with that, and now I know better. And I hear about, oh, well, if your so-and-so had this, and you're going to have it too, and, or if your uncle or your aunt, it's like, no, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry, man. I think that's a bunch of hoo-ha. Eat differently. Just try it as an experiment. Step away from the family table for all your meals. The other one that I used to hear all the time, alcoholism. Well, if one of your parents was an alcoholic, the chances are really good that you're going to be an alcoholic also. Well, I believe alcoholism comes, that's one of the things that comes with the generational curse. Just like um, abuse. I believe that's another one that comes down the line from generational curse. Because I really have a hard time with, okay, because 
my uncle Harvey was an alcoholic. That means that I have a whatever percent chance of being one myself. No, 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 no. That is part of a curse. You may say to yourself, well, okay, maybe you do believe that the percentage is higher if one of your parents was an alcoholic and so on. Okay. I mean, we are all entitled to our own beliefs. It's just, I've seen too much, guys, and I, I know too much about these type of things to just be able to take that 100% and believe it. I mean, if you're hanging out with your parents and drinking with them, okay, that's one thing. But all that other stuff, no. We will talk more about uh, generational curses later and um, how to break them. I'm sure that the majority of you who walk with me already know how these things are broken. So, so I'll just touch upon it, okay, uh, at a later date, maybe in a couple of weeks or so. And the last thing I want to share with you, I'm running out of time here. I know someone who is, um, well, has been delivered, actually delivered, not in a, an exorcism type of way, but actually delivered from demonic, okay? And I saw her deliverance. I have never seen I mean, this is not something that was on TV, on a haunting or anything like that. This is someone that I am acquainted with who showed me this. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. She, her voice changed. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. I, um... I was just like stunned. And then she told me, and that's not all. She said, I did this uh, a couple of times because there were other, she said, uh, demons in there that would manifest at one time or other. And they had to clear each one of them out like separately. She even levitated. I saw it. And then after when, um, I saw this, and then she apologized, and she said, I'm sorry, um, I, I don't, didn't want to scare you. I said, no, no, you didn't scare me, because she didn't. She, I was pretty much amazed by this, and how she is now. So, and she was saying that the thing about this is that you don't realize that you've got anything you don't realize that you've got a problem or that there's something within you. She said, you just figured that's how you are. She said, I was always mad. I was always road raging. I was always doing certain things, but I just thought that that was just me until she was delivered from this. So it was really something. And if we stop and say to ourselves, well, you know what? It's because power of suggestion. I got to tell you guys something. 
I have never seen anyone levitate because of the power of suggestion. I have never seen anyone throw their head back and forth with such fierceness and so fast because of power of suggestion. And I have never heard anyone's voice go from a female voice to a low guttural type of um, thing. It was just something else. Anyways, I'm very glad that she is um, now on a completely different path. She's a wonderful person. She's a beautiful person. All right, well, that's all I've got for today, guys. I hope that you found some of these things that I discussed interesting. I probably won't be able to come back until Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, it might not be till Tuesday, but if anything um, comes up, I've, if I've got any updates or anything, I will try to come back on before that. Otherwise, it's looking like Tuesday, I think. <laughs> With my schedule, it's, it's hard to know. It's like, because I really don't have a set schedule. I have to kind of like look every few days to see when I'm working and stuff like that. It's actually more days than I care to, but like I said, I have a plan. So once again, I want to thank all of you for walking with me. I appreciate it. I appreciate each one of you. You can always contact me at maybe underscore Maria at outlook.com. We will be walking down the path again soon. Now that the moon is waxing, we've got some more stuff that um, we're going to start seeing here. It always starts getting a little bit more edgy during uh, the waxing moon. So everybody have a great rest of your day. And once again, I want to say thank you to all of you. Ciao.